Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Kane's Corner Podcast. It is the morning after... The Hurricanes got back on the practice ice. So we've got that going for us. I've got Alec Campbell here, uh, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermission host, uh, my friend. And I've got Brian LeBlanc, at BD LeBlanc on Twitter. I have to give Alec's Twitter handle. I'll do that in a second. Managing editor, Canes Country. Alec can be reached on Twitter, at Alec Campbell 5. Uh, so it is the morning after the Hurricanes got back in the practice ice. And before we start, before we get into the meat of the podcast, uh, is uh, is anybody drinking anything? Uh, not yet, but the way things went before we started recording, I might be. Why are you giving away our secrets? I'm, I didn't give anything away. Alec. All I said is that it might drive me to drink. Do you have? Thank you. Do you have anything, Alec? No, I, I just finished a Cran Raz LaCroix. Oh, man. Uh, Don't drive. I must have missed the part where you moved to, like, Hayes Barton in the last month. Oh, you don't know. You don't know of my my seltzer love. I'm a big seltzer guy. I did not. This is news to me. Have you tried bubbly? My my wife is a bubbly person. I can't do it. It's all right. Maybe it's bizarre uh, taste buds, but it all tastes like Alka-Seltzer to me. I just can't do it. Alka-Seltzer's vile. I don't think these are vile. I mean, I get it. They're not like uber flavored, but I like them. I like them. It's a, it's a good little refreshing, uh, snappy little drink for the drive home. You get through a full one on your way home, crack it open when you leave and yeah. get the last drop when you get to the farm. Well, Ex- exactly. Set, As I've already mentioned uh, a, a company here, I should point out, uh, that the Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. You should visit them online at AluminumCompany.com. See pictures of homes that look as good as you want your home to look. So if you need gutters or siding or windows or entry doors, go to AluminumCompany.com. All right, we are fully sponsored up. Uh, so I will start for you with you, Brian LeBlanc. Does yes. this feel like a season preview again? Sort of, in a way. Um, it kind of felt like that was just the appetizer. Uh, the two games or the three games the Hurricanes were able to play before everything got shut down. Um, and it kind of feels like we're back in the dog days of uh, of September and October for the past week or so. So I'm looking forward to actually having live hockey on my TV for the first time in more than a week. That is that. Well, it's been there. It just hasn't involved the hurricanes. Well, uh, yeah. Involving the hurricanes. Yeah. There <laughs> Alec, you go. we had a 10 game or 10 day training camp. We're, we're basically what amounts to a two day training camp uh, as the hurricanes are, uh, are finally starting to, you know, get it cranked up again. Yeah. And it feels like they, 
maybe have a little bit of experience in this in terms of getting it cranked up because they had to get it cranked up pretty quick to get in the bubble. And then they had to get it cranked up pretty quick before the beginning of the season this year. And it kind of reminds me of like the beginning of the college football season. You'll remember uh, North Carolina played like one game and then they got postponed for like two weeks and then (laughs) they had to crank it back up. And it felt like game, you know, week number four was like starting all over. And it was like, well, what can we take from week number one? Maybe nothing, maybe everything. (laughs) And who knows? Yeah. I mean, and and so like, I feel like we're sort of in that same boat and it's exacerbated by the fact that the hurricanes are missing, you know, five NHL level players, presumably assuming that Jordan Stahl actually plays tomorrow night, which I think he's going to. Yeah. Uh, So who knows what we're going to get. And you have to go up against the Tampa Bay lightning who, you know, are very, very good to lead the division right now. Can I ask one question real fast? You may. And also, by the way, Brian, you are, uh, you're one of the lucky ones that you get to watch Carolina hurricanes hockey on television. Not everyone's got that luxury. I'm also one of the lucky ones, but my question is sometimes how to be old school. Yes, exactly. Um, how was the practice ice today? I need to know. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, so I'll defer to Adam. I, I well, he wasn't what, there either. I, I got a day job, man. Alec and I are busy. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any complaints about the ice today? <laughs> uh, I, saw, I saw none on Twitter, uh, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, okay. I also saw no, uh, no media carping about how cold it was, so I guess everybody just kind of has accepted now that it's going to be cold at the practice facility. Bundled. No, it was, they, were, they practice. They practice at PNC. They will practice yeah, tomorrow. They're practicing it at the, at the practice rink. Yes. Depending on when you're listening to this could be two. could be Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday today, the hurricanes will practice at the new wake competition center and then we'll uh, open up PNC arena for the regular season on Thursday against Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, Jordan Stahl did practice. Let me just run down the, uh, I guess the the timeline for people. So Jordan Stahl plays in the opener last Thursday. Is it last Thursday? Two Thursdays ago. Um, as and as it turns out, he's a positive player. <laughs> I feel like it might be three months ago. Right, it's true. Right. As it turns out, he's a positive player during the opener because the test on Thursday. They don't get the results until either late Thursday night or Friday morning. So he played the opener as a positive player. He hits the list on Friday. Nothing else. Through Monday, when the Hurricanes actually played a good hockey game in Nashville. Uh, but then on Tuesday, Tavo Teravine and Jordan Martin, Warren Fogel, and Jacob Slavin all hit the COVID unavailable list. That's when the NHL canceled Tuesday's game, closed Carolina's facilities, and shut the Hurricanes down. Then Jusper Faust joins the list on Saturday, I believe ending a streak of three straight days without a positive test or without without finding a positive result. I think I have this right, but here's the interesting part. During that span, the Washington Capitals placed four players on the COVID list, uh, mm-hmm. one of which is Alexander Ovechkin. The other three, and I'm not sure which is the, uh, the other three, were Yevgeny Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, and Ilya Samsonov, uh, as the mm-hmm. entire nation of Russia hit the list for the Capitals. Uh, but only one of those apparently was positive. The other three were contact tracing. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure why the other, why every, I guess the, it was somebody's hotel room. Uh, and then Detroit placed five players 
on the list, yet neither of those teams were shut down. Only the Hurricanes were. The Capitals were fined $100,000. The Hurricanes weren't fined. So I'm asking uh, this question for the group. Uh, Brian, you feel free to go first. Are they just throwing darts to find out who gets shut down? I don't get it. No, it sounds like it sounds more along the lines of if there are actual positive tests, then they get shut down. Uh, if it's a contact tracing issue, uh, they don't shut them down because they're just doing this out of our favorite uh, our favorite term of the zeitgeist and abundance of caution. I love that. Um, but if you if you look at the teams that have been shut down so far, Dallas had 17 players test positive, and those were actual positive tests. The Hurricanes so far have had six. And there's one other team. Um, well, Detroit's had five, and they trickled out. It was originally it was Adam Ernie and Robbie Fabry who scored the game winning right. goal in Game Two uh, of the series at, as Carolina opened in Detroit. Uh, and then uh, they had two more players hit the list, uh, and then Philip uh, Zadina, the uh, the I guess the rookie, he hit the list a couple of days later. So I, I assume those were all positive tests. I don't know why. Detroit wasn't shut down, but maybe they're just making sure everybody else in the Central Division can get wins. Maybe we're just mirroring society, and Detroit's just the peasants of the league, and no one gives a crap about them. <laughs> so they just let them. They just let them. They just let them go on and play. It's a very good point. I mean, who who are we to judge, right? Uh, right. All right. But I think that I think the more salient point with uh, with the Capitals specifically was that that was that was almost entirely a contact tracing issue. Yes. And so they they weren't super concerned about a spreading event. And I mean, we've had these discussions in the NFL. Remember when you know the the uh, Broncos had to play without a quarterback? Right. Um, that was pretty much entirely due to contact tracing. But then the Ravens got out of playing a couple of games because they had a bunch of positive tests. I mean, this affected the Browns too, uh, right at the end of the season. And it sounds like if teams are having to play shorthanded because of contact tracing, uh, the show must go on. It's only when it comes down to actual positive tests, keeping players out, uh, that they will, that they'll shut down more because they have to shut down the facility to keep it from spreading within the practice rink of the, you know, the weight room or any of those type of places. Um, whereas with a contact tracing issue, that's not quite as much of a problem. And so they just want to make sure that, you know, um, everybody's safe, but they can still go ahead and play because they can isolate the positive cases. Unless it's Detroit, in which case, uh, right. you're going to have to get on the, uh, get on the play ice. on. Uh, exactly. It's, it, it is a play on, uh, by the way, since I asked both of you what you were drinking, uh, and Brian is not drinking anything. He is a camel. I'm not drinking anything. Uh, right. and Alec just got through with a LaCroix. I'm going Bombay, uh, Bombay and tonic. Uh, so oh, nice. we'll, yeah. Oh, look at you. I'm, hey, can I'm we... celebrating the restart. That a boy. I like where your head's at. We are, we are doing like a semi Janu pause situation over here. Oh, it's very nice. Um, yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't. We're not imbibing during the week. Oh, that's uh, good. For, yeah, Selective. we went a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's January is a you know it's a tough month for us for uh, for January pause. So we do semi, and that's working out fine. I think that's, um, that's perfect. Are we? Um, I'm curious as to what you guys think about the rest of the season and how much more of this we might encounter, because I mean, I'm just going to operate under the assumption that every team's likely to deal with this at some point during the season. And 
if it's not a hurricanes situation that occurs once again, which could happen. Sure. Um, another team could affect the hurricanes into a situation where we have a stoppage of play. And then we may find ourselves in a situation where there's just this insane web of scheduling that has to be completed that might not be possible. Well, let, let me answer well, as, that as of right now. As of right now, the hurricanes are playing um, games more than once every two days for the rest of the season. That is true. So they're already stretched. I was going to, I was going to answer it with the headline from Michael Smith at Kane at hurricanes.com. Uh, hurricanes will play 53 games in 101 days. I will say that's very presumptive. <laughs> uh, I agree. I do not believe they are going to play all 53 of those games in 101 days. If they do, it's simply because they shuffled the deck again uh, and figured out a way to get everything in. Um, I was a little surprised, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I want to talk about the first three games that we saw and then move on to the other games uh, coming up, the uh, Thursday game against Tampa. Um, I, I was a little surprised that the National Hockey League didn't create empty weeks in the schedule to stuff games that were inevitably canceled. I was really surprised at this, but I don't know why I should be because the National <laughs> Football League insisted on no week 18 and they That's didn't right. care if they moved no a third, weeks off, baby. I mean, if they moved a Thursday game to Wednesday at six in the morning in somebody's backyard, by damn, they were going to play it. Uh, so there should, I guess I shouldn't think there's going to be anything water. different. Right. No, I think they. I've, I've read some stuff in a couple of places that says that even though the playoffs are scheduled to start the second week of May, they've kind of built themselves in that uh, a buffer week that if they have to push the playoffs back by a week, they will. And I would imagine they'll probably have to because, like Alex said, this is not going to be a one-time thing. No. You know, we can all hope. We can all hope that this is the only time the Hurricanes are affected, uh, but. Even if they're not affected, you know, indirectly, I mean, ask the Florida Panthers who just can't seem to play a game uh, <laughs> because they were up against Dallas who had to cancel. And then they right. were up against the Hurricanes who had to cancel. And finally, they, you know, they played like two games in the first three weeks of the season. Um, and by the way, so it's, NBC is under no rush right now uh, no. to get the hockey season in, although it's not official. It is almost a certainty that there will be no Summer Olympics. Yeah, I think that I think the bigger problem from the NHL's perspective is not necessarily the Summer Olympics, but the 2022 Winter Olympics, because that was bargained for in the new CBA that they're going to shut the league down uh, for the 2022 Winter Olympics again, right. uh, which means that they have to get that season off on basically a normal schedule. Oh, right. But we're not going to delay it too much. We're not going to delay. I mean, we're not going to be playing the Stanley Cup finals uh, the second week in August. Um, well, I still think they we're don't talking really have, about mid to late July at the at the latest. Yeah, they don't really have a choice, though, is what I'm saying. They might be able to push it back a couple of weeks, uh, but we're already looking at an off season that's probably going to be at least a month shorter than usual. And I mean, if if you were looking far enough down the road, you could see this coming last March. Yeah. Um. You know, knowing that this was going to be a longer term thing, uh, the 2021-22 season in my mind was always in question. Not that they weren't going to play it, but 
you know, getting the timing right with the Olympics involved, making sure, I mean, it's already a condensed schedule in an Olympic year because you've got two weeks without games. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is something where the repercussions downstream are going to be, you know, rippling for three or four years after the fact. All right. Let and me, let me throw this in and then we'll get, and then, we'll- then we'll get back to the, uh, the first three games that we saw. Uh, there's no reason why, and they don't do it now like they used to. There's no reason why in the first round, even the first two rounds, uh, you can't mix in a couple of uh, back-to-backs, at least one per series. They did it in the bubble. Uh, there's no reason they can't do it to save a little bit of time uh, in, uh, in, in the playoffs this upcoming year. Uh, so let me, uh, let me move on to this before we, uh, before we take a break. Um, Alec Campbell. Let's talk, before we talk about Thursday night and beyond, let's judge 2-1-0, shall we? So your your impressions of two wins, one loss, no extra time. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess if I had to give it one word, I would say okay. But again, I think, I, I think all of this stuff has to be judged through the lens of it's a pandemic as well. Um, just because there was, I mean, and I know the players, a lot of them were here skating for, you know, a month before the season started or maybe even two months or whatever it was, but they only had a short lead up to the beginning of the season. They didn't have any preseason games, which I know a lot of guys, you know, gripe about and complain about, and we complain about them as well. But I mean, it does give you a chance to work out some of the kinks in a, game-like situation so really you're starting a regular season off cold and my expectations weren't that high in terms of the quality of play for anyone so I'm not going to say they've completely stunk because three games I thought that the first game they were pretty solid uh, all things considered you know especially on the defensive end albeit them playing you know the peasants of the league in the Detroit Red Wings, probably a good way for them to start out. Now you can look at it opposite way. The second game playing the peasants of the league and not playing very well. Uh, but then I thought they turned around and they played their best game of the season in game three. They also got James Reimer in a game, which I thought was good. Yep. So overall, you know, I'm fairly pleased um, with the start. All things considered, considering while also acknowledging that they're nowhere close to playing their best hockey. I do like the fact that Andre Spechnikov has gotten off to a pretty good start. I do like the fact that Sebastian Ajo has gotten off to a pretty good start as well. So I think those things are all good signs. And I think their goaltending's probably been the most consistent part of their game so far. So all in all, okay. Hopefully some of that can translate to uh, when uh, they restart it back up. Mr. LeBlanc, agree, disagree, add anything? Where would you like to go? Uh, I agree. I I think that... All right, then let's move know, on. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, okay, Expe- sure. No, expect. Um, you know, I'll say this about the, about the stoppage. Uh, Rob Brindamore had talked about both in, you know, in meetings with the press before the uh, season started and also with us, a couple months before had talked about how the players were going to be, you know, physically ready to get the season going with minimal preparation time in terms of a preseason or anything like that. But he also cautioned basically in the same breath and said, 
you know, we're going to have a feeling out period. There are going to be injuries. There are going to be some things that make you scratch your head. And those are things that usually get ironed out over the course of a preseason, which we didn't have. Uh, so the fact that it was shut down for the better part of a week and they were basically doing Zoom workouts at home probably doesn't help. Um but I think in a way this might kind of give them a chance to reset. You know, now they've got them some games, some game experience under their belt and they can say, you know, here's what didn't work against Detroit and in the game against Nashville that we were able to play. And now we know what we need to work on. And once everybody gets back and gets off the COVID list, you know, we'll be able to go. So it actually might, you know, the, the schedule doesn't really favor them just because there's so many games that are remaining on the schedule. But, you know, from a, from a performance perspective, it may not be the worst thing in the world to try to get this reset point and say, okay, these are the things that we really need to work on uh, that we might've otherwise had to kind of, you know, build the car while it's driving down the road sort of thing. Let me just throw this in Um, because I agree with, with Alec. I was not as excited about game one. I think they got through game one while being a little sloppy and there was very little danger in Carolina's game, which was a little bit unfortunate, uh, and disappointing because at least I thought they should have scored a bunch of goals on Detroit, uh, and to walk out of there with just four, even, uh, four, uh, goals against the goaltender, uh, was a little bit disappointing in two games against the Red Wings, whose defense is atrocious. Uh, so I was a little disappointed there, but I thought they really played great in Nashville. I loved yep. Ajo for the most part. I didn't think he was as good in Game 2, but it was hard to find somebody who was really good in Game 2 other than Svechnikov, and Mrazek was good. Mrazek was fine in Game 2. Uh, there were just too many mistakes that broke down in front of him, but for the mm-hmm. most part, uh, Ajo, Svechnikov, and I loved Vincent Trocek's game in Nashville. I thought Trocek was uh, way better than anybody who played with him that night. Like He drove those lines. He made things happen for his line mates, and I didn't think his line mates played all that great, uh, but I thought Trocek was dynamite. I thought the goaltenders were and they're, good. And they're going to need him, and uh, they're going to need him right now. No I mean, question. He, depending on how long it takes for... Uh, the the guys on the COVID list to come back. They I need mean, everybody. Every, everybody <laughs> yeah. with an NHL. All hands on deck. Yeah. Uh, and I actually <laughs> thought in Nashville, I, we saw some signs from Warren Fogle uh, that maybe there was a pulse. Uh, but all I'm going to say is we saw signs. He made a couple of really good plays. Uh, and we actually, I actually noticed him for the first time uh, other than taking stupid offensive zone penalties. Uh, so I will say that those guys uh, stood out to me. Slavin was very good. Pesci was, I mean, good for the considering he hadn't played uh, since February with the uh, with the shoulder injury in the David Ayers game. Uh, but nobody else I thought was uh, who who played legitimately had stood out to me as being you know, necessarily a difference maker. That's the maybe it's concerning. I mean, the one thing for me when it, as it pertains to Sebastian Ajo, and I would agree with you that in game number two, I don't think he was that great. But I think that when we talk about the things that we're looking for from guys like him, for me, it's, you know, number one, a bounce back factor, and then number two, consistency. consistency. We can't have Sebastian Ajo going multiple games without yep. putting, you know, tallying points. And he had a zero point game in game number two, and he came back and put points on the board in game in game number three. Which I mean, I think he had a goal and an assist. Yep. 
So, so, you know, and, and that's what I, that's what they're banking on because they did not do a whole lot in the off season in terms of acquisitions. So they need guys like Andre Svechnikov and guys like Sebastian Ajo to take the next steps in their career. And for Sebastian Ajo, that means not going two, three, four games without putting points on the board. No, he's got to go, you know, three games in a row with points and then maybe put up a goose egg and then go three, four more with points, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So I, I, I'm encouraged by the start just based on the fact that he came back after a game in which he was unproductive. All right, let me uh, let me get in a brief pause here for station identification uh, and a message from our friends at the Aluminum Company. <laughs> you uh, have to do a station ID on a podcast now? Good <laughs> Lord. The FCC's really cracking down. Yes, they are. Uh, and when we come back, uh, what are we going to see and will we even recognize it? All right, let's uh, let's pick this back up. Brian LeBlanc, managing editor of Kane's Country at BD LeBlanc on Twitter. Alec Campbell at Alec Campbell five on Twitter. Stormwatch Aftermath Intermission host, my friend. Uh, we do this thing, uh, this radio thing, uh, five days a week uh, from uh, noon until three. So, uh, Alec Campbell, uh, what are we going to see on Thursday against Tampa? How many players are we going to recognize? Uh, we are going to recognize approximately, um, I don't know, 60, uh, 70% many, many, of the lineup? Yeah, I was going to say, we, we will recognize about uh, seven forwards maybe. And uh, I think we recognize Jake Bean, right? I mean, so, sort of. I know what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we haven't seen him play I mean, in two I, years. I will allow it. Yeah, so I would say approximately, you know, 13 players will recognize. Gosh. Uh, but but I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see, to be Are honest you saying you don't recognize Max McCormick? Come on, man. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. He? He Brian, what number is he? I don't know. Uh, isn't he 29? <laughs> I was going to say 29. I think he's 29. Uh, what number is Steven Lorenz? I feel like uh, Lorenz is like 70. Yeah, seventy-eight. Like, very good, Alec. You there win. you go. Oh, look at that. You All win. right. So, uh, who, who oh, else? Test me that? again. What's the other one? All right. So here's here's our like uh, you know, Alec and I talked about this earlier today. Um, I guess the forward lines are not that big a train wreck, knowing that the third line uh, is probably going to uh, to combine for about ten minutes of ice time. Other than Morgan Geeky, who may get you know he, he may take regular shifts. I don't know. Uh, Svechnikov, Aho, and McGinn, uh, they skated together and were really good against Nashville because Teravainen was either injured with having tweaked something, which what Rod said, or maybe he was getting sick, um, which always concerned me about Aho because they were sitting next to each other on the bench, and I know that they both love the sauna in Aho's house. <laughs> so they do. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh, I, so, I don't so, doubt it. Svechnikov, Aho, and McGinn were a thing. Uh, Nita Ryder, Trocek, and Natchez are were a thing today at practice. Uh, and then it was Lorenz, Stahl, and Dezingle playing the right side. McCormick, uh, Morgan Geeky, and they had Joakim Ryan, a defenseman, uh, filling out the fourth line. But my, I mean, I have to assume they're going to call up somebody from Chicago. I know Drew Shore was practicing after the practice today, uh, so there's no reason for him to be in town. 
uh, if they're not going to bring him back off the uh, off the AHL list. I just don't know what the what the um, you know. Do you have to quarantine? I don't know what the deal is coming yes. up from the AHL. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. You so, have to quarantine seven, for seven days with four four negative tests. So maybe yeah. they've brought him here earlier and he's been quarantined. I don't know, but he practiced today. So it doesn't make any sense unless they've had him here, uh, in which case he's probably gone through all his all of his stuff. They just haven't activated him yet. Could have. I will say that when I saw people tweeting out the lines earlier today, my first reaction, and maybe this is just relative to the situation that we're in, my first reaction was, ah, well, it looks like they've kind of hidden, you know, some of those guys pretty well. I mean, you look at the the top line and you know, it's McGinn and Spetch and Aho. I mean, that's an NHL line. And sure. then you have Nino and Trocek and Natchez. That's an NHL line. I really like that line, by the way. Yeah. I, I really am excited about that. Stall and Dezingle on the third line. I mean, you know, that's two out of three. Maybe, maybe they can, uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe Lorenz can hustle hard enough. He's a big you know, body. To make that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they can make that, you know, minus Dezingle, a. You know, somewhat of a of a checking line, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they can op- open something up for the single. So, like, yes, those dudes don't spend tons of time in the NHL. Uh, so, from that standpoint, it it, it it worries me. But at the same time, like, I look down, I'm like, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is, like, Shea and Hamilton uh, together. How's that going to go? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm terrified of the know. defense. Yeah, I, I uh, think that's a I think that's a reasonable reaction. <laughs> to what, being yeah, terrified so, of the defense? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so Brian, I've said this before, and I always get pushback, and I'm not trying to single out. This is not about Dougie Hamilton. Um, I have been saying for two years that Carolina has two players, and that's it that they cannot afford to lose, and that yep. is Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci. Everybody else, that includes Aho, it includes Svechnikov, it includes Teravainen, they cannot afford to, they can afford to lose them because they can cover with other offensive players. Slavin and Pesci, uh-uh. They, ain't, they cannot play an extended period of time without either of those two guys. Because and how they, about without both of them? <laughs> Right. That, well, that that would be a complete disaster. Right. Uh, hopefully, uh, Brett Pesci has either already had COVID or he's in a bubble in a, uh, you know, he's uh, hermetically <laughs> well, sealed keeping somewhere. The, they're keeping the goalies physically separate. Maybe they should do the same with those two. Yeah, I mean, they should keep him, uh, you know, in an old mayonnaise jar uh, on <laughs> Funk and Wagnall's porch. Some, I want somebody to, who's listening to this podcast to tell me where that came from. Do either of you understand that? I know what a Dunkin' Waggles is. I don't, I don't get the reference. That's an old. But. That's an old tonight. See, I'm so much older than both of you. It makes me angry. Uh, that's no, I know what old, it is. We used to have Dunkin' Waggles. Yeah, but it's like an old tedious, Tonight like Show reference. It's a, when 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 Johnny Carson used to do Carnac <laughs> the Magnificent. I was, was going to say. I was going to say. It, uh, you mean the Tonight Show back in the old days with Jay Leno? No, no, you, well, <laughs> you know what? You're never coming back on this podcast again. You're never listen, being invited. Yeah, listen, at least at least you haven't at least you haven't done the uh, at least you haven't done like name dropping Jack Parr or Steve Allen. That, I never saw those guys, so I'll just <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just leave it at See, that. See, I'm here to make you feel young. There you go. All right, so uh, all right, Brian, because Alec brought it up, and I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any? 
what do you make of the uh, of the six guys they ran out there on uh, on the blue line today? It was uh, Shea and Hamilton, Gardner and Pesci, Flurry and Bean. I mean, that's those are the six guys you have. So I mean, <laughs> it's not like you really have much of a choice here. It's not like you're sitting there saying, you know what, you know, it'd be a great idea breaking up Jacob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton. Let's do that. Um, Jacob Slavin is unavailable. And right. as far as I know, it's still in Nashville because they have to stay there for 10 days. Um, I would be, I mean, it, what can you do? There's nothing else you can do. It's not like you can just well, manufacture Jacob Slavin out of thin air. Um, I mean, maybe you swap out and put, uh, maybe sure. I mean, why not? That's what but, I would have that's, done. That's where, that's kind yeah. of where we're at. Do you trust, do you trust flurry with 23 minutes? Do you trust Jake Garter with 23 he minutes? He doesn't have like to play 23 minutes. Why are we pairing Flurry and Bean together just because they were buddies in the AHL? Uh, that's what I like. Who who knows how it's going to work out? But I would have left uh, Shea and Pesci together. I would have put Flurry up with Hamilton. Uh, they don't have to play 23 minutes. Dougie doesn't have to play. He can play. Dougie can play all sorts of minutes, but. It doesn't necessarily have to be with Flurry all the time, um, but I also think that even though Flurry didn't play well, I felt uh, in the first three games, um, I do remember Flurry at the end of last season when Hamilton went out, and I remember Flurry in the bubble, uh, and he was no worse than the third best defenseman on the roster uh, when they got to Toronto. Uh, so I would trust Hayden Flurry to play with Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Brady Shea still at this point makes too many questionable decisions for me. And right now, through through, through and look, it's they haven't played in a week, um, but I didn't think Dougie was really that good in three games. He made some really, I mean, eye-opening uh, bonehead decisions on when to, uh, when to jump into the play and where to pass the puck and uh, all sorts of things. We haven't seen the best of Dougie at all, and granted, it was just three games and everything's. I was going to say, what what have what have we seen? We've seen three games that basically functioned as preseason games. Right. I mean, but, but that's okay. But, but Andre Svechnikov, for the other than uh, he was disappointed in game one. Svechnikov's been great. He got the message. We have no idea what we're going to see here, and am I being too hard? This season is going to be so. I think you are, yeah, because okay. I think the season is this season is so out of the ordinary that the normal rules don't apply this year. Um, I don't. Well, also, we've only played three games, so we have no we we don't know what they're going to look like. Right. I mean, if we get everybody back and and you've still got Brady Shea playing on the top pairing, then let's have that conversation. But right now, when you've got literally a quarter of the projected 18 man roster on the sideline with COVID. I mean, it seems like we're just kind of picking nits. I mean, their, their goal for these next few games is to get through them healthy. And if they can get a few points, great. Anything more than that, I think has to be, uh, you know, is going to be icing on the cake. Let's get, let's get the roster back. I mean, nobody's going to, Nobody's going to judge the hurricanes on what they do when you've got Max McCormick and Joachim Ryan coming. Oh, no, the I'm not judging how good the Hurricanes are based on uh, at least the next uh, three games that will be but, played. But you, but you kind of are though, because no, you're no, no. Saying, I, you know, I was well, judging I, Hamilton uh, based on the first three games that I watched. Well, I, I also think that just because 
that's it's not the just case, him. It's a lot it, of other guys. Well, also, like, just because that's the case doesn't mean you can't, like, try to find the best possible right. scenarios and pairings and things that you can. Um, you know, and that's that's all I think I'm trying to do. <laughs> well, no, I I am too. I that's why I would have I would have paired Flurry and Hamilton. Um, I just think that 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 t- that top pair of if that's the way it goes, Shea and Hamilton. I think that 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 scares the hell out of me. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and, it probably, and probably with good reason. Right. But <laughs> that was all I was. That was all I was saying. I didn't mean to be uh, be overly harsh on uh, on Dougie. I'm, I apologize for that. I apologize because I know that, that there are Dougie Hamilton stands, uh, and that's fine. He he, he deserves yeah. it. He's had a he was tr- so good for uh, until the injury last year. Uh, it's worth it's worth me- you know mentioning that. You owe you owe Dougie a, a fruit bouquet. <laughs> an, an edible arrangement. Yeah, edible arrangement. Those yes. are pretty good. Valentine's Day is coming, Adam. <laughs> those are pretty good. On, on, on the low, the, an edible arrangement is really good. Click the radio microphone and type the promo code. All the uh, gosh, the pineapple in those are just amazing. <laughs> Seriously, have you ever had one? I, I have not. I mean, I'm not doing a commercial for edible arrangement here, but uh, the pineapple and the edible are, I don't know how they do that. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's not like they just. Uh, maybe, oh, they're, they're coming for you. Holy cow. They are. I am, what in uh, the world, man? I, I decided a, it's not 28 the, the, the degrees. Brady Shea, the Brady Shea fan club's coming for you, man. It's not 28 degrees, they, so I moved to the back porch. I didn't know they had uh, I didn't know they had police officers in the country out there. <laughs> oh, oh, no. We have vigilante justice. That's the... Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, Mounties. That's, Mounties. That's Cletus and Boone down the street. They have... Uh, at the farm? Come they're on. They're volunteer sheriffs. More likely to get Gomer Pyle rolling down the driveway. Yeah. All right. No, of- the sheriff. The, the sheriff where Adam lives is also like the judge. He's also yeah. the fire chief. He's also drives the snowplow. Yeah, he does the, everything. He's a constable. He's not a judge. Right. He's a constable. That's what you need to know. Uh, and he sleeps with a kerchief. Yes. He's the pastor. <laughs> he's everything. He, and he, <laughs> he runs the general store. Yeah, you know, yes. you you understand. You know where I live. Um, real 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 quick. Um, Jake Bean is going to get an opportunity to play. Uh, yeah, thank there, God. There are no silver linings uh, to having Jacob Slavin out of the lineup. Uh, so I want that up up front. I mean, I'm not wishing for anybody else to be sick or injured. Uh, but the the fact that Jake Bean is going to get an opportunity, albeit just for three games. Uh, at least initially, to show what he can do. I mean, I'm interested. I'm intrigued by what number 24 is capable of doing, if for no other reason, to maybe showcase him for some sort of a trade because Mm -hmm. it doesn't do anybody any good. The Hurricanes, Jake Bean, if he's not playing hockey somewhere, and right right now there's no place for him to play hockey. Yep. And you'd have to think that he's probably going to be pretty high on some lists, especially this year. Um, I mean, I don't think he's going back to the taxi squad because he's still, I mean, he's got a clear waivers to go back down there. And I'm not sure he'd get through at this point. Well, I don't um, They would just keep him. I mean, it's, it's what, $800,000 to keep him. What do you mean? I mean, that's just that, that's his Oh, oh, oh keep him on the active roster. Yeah, just I, keep him I, on the I active roster. I agree. But my, but my point here is that, in in this season, maybe more than any other season we've ever seen, 
uh, having those kinds of guys on your roster is invaluable. And so I think there's probably more of a market for him this year than there would have been at any point in the past, which works to the Hurricanes' advantage. So, yeah, take advantage of this. Get him some ice time. Show what he can do. And, you know, not that the Hurricanes can afford to go down a defenseman, but this if you're ever going to make the move, this is probably the time to do it. Yeah, Joey Keane is also skating uh, at PNC Arena. Uh, so who knows if we, have to see, if we get a chance to see uh, him. They certainly could use. They're very left-handed heavy. Uh, right now, so they could certainly yeah. use another right shot uh, on the blue line. So we'll uh, we'll see. And he was the guy that was uh, brought over in the Julian Gauthier trade uh, with the Ooh. New York Rangers. Has Gauthier uh, broken through, and is he scoring tons of goals for the Rangers? Uh, that'd be a negative. Uh, it's unfortunate. I was going to ask if he's even still with the Rangers. Might not be. <laughs> no, he is. He, he is? is? I mean, yeah. who knows? Uh, he's a big body. He looked pretty good. Uh, in the uh, the Rangers games against the Hurricanes. I'll tell you real quick, just as an aside, a guy I was impressed with a couple of times we saw him last year was Nick Waugh for Vegas. Mm-hmm. I thought Nick Waugh yep. looked like an, like an impactful fourth-line center. I agree, and I think he would have been that had he stayed here. Uh, I mean, yeah. they're, 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 kind of, they're at a spot where they kind of are forced into either using Morgan Geeky, who's probably not ready for full-time work, or Jordan Martinuk, who's not really a center. I mean, yeah, well, you know, they 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 turned they turned Eric Halla into something, and I think that you know I'd rather have Vincent Trocheck than Nick Waugh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought all along that he was probably getting squeezed out by the numbers game here, and everything I've seen so far kind of indicates that's the case. All right, before we uh, before we wrap this up, is there anything at all that we failed to mention other than the new voice of the Seattle Kraken? Mr. Oh, I'm John so Forslund. Yeah. So happy for him. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, good for texted him. him a little, texted him a little bit earlier today. <laughs> I said, now I'm going to really have to make a road trip out there. I've never been to the to the uh, Pacific Northwest ever, and I'd love to get out there sometime, and now I have even more of an excuse to do it. Absolutely. You could go to uh, the Pike Place uh, Market. You could go to the Space Needle. You could uh, I've heard. Dip, yes. your, dip your toes in Puget Sound. Mm-hmm. All of those. Things. No, I'm 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 happy for John, and and knowing him the way that all three of us do, we know that one of the things he relished about being here was introducing the sport to a new audience yeah. when they moved when they moved here. And history repeats itself. He's going to get to do the same thing. It's something that he loved doing here, and I can totally see from his side the uh, the appeal of doing it again. And good for him. Uh, they're in very good hands uh, out there, both radio and TV. Uh, there, you know, obviously nothing I'm going to say is going to surprise anyone, but John's, John's a mensch and he's, he's going to do it up and be a real success there. The only thing, and I joked with him about this, the only thing I'm disappointed about is that he was, I, I told him, I'm not letting you go to the Western conference because that means we only get to see you once a year here. And he, he kind of chuckled and wrote back, well, if I'm still doing national games, I might be through a little more regularly than that. So yes. maybe there's a little you know, a little possibility. But He'll still um, be doing national games. Oh, I but know, it doesn't but matter because the Hurricanes are never on national, national game games. Here, right. I was going to say, the Hurricanes are going to need more than one national game a year. Right. Not to yeah, right. I mean, and, hur- and he's going to need to be the one doing it. So the right. chances are low. But no, Stanley no, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for him. There you go. There you go. No, I'm, I'm thrilled for I'm thrilled for John. I think that's the perfect landing place for Any, him. Anything you want to add to uh, to this ridiculousness, Alec? Uh, no, I mean I, I 
I fully, it makes tons of sense with Ron Francis being out there and the connection there. I'm happy for him. I mean, I'm super biased, but John's I mean, as good a broadcaster as he is. He's as good of a person as well. And also, oh. you know, he is, um, he is a workhorse. So he's the type of guy that, that likes the rhythm of the season as a regular play-by-play for a local team. So I always figured he would get back into it some way or somehow, uh, just because of the way that I know that he works. Um, you know, he could have probably just done all only national stuff if he really wanted to, yep. but he's the type of guy who he, he likes the grind. He enjoys the grind. He relishes the grind. And so uh, I'm, I'm happy that he was able to, to, to land in a good spot. Yeah, you know, John, uh, I've, I've talked to him about just the way he approaches it. Uh, he approaches each season like a story. And mm-hmm. it's hard to tell a story when you don't have an anchor team. So this season where he's only doing national games, he doesn't really have a story to tell. He's just doing tons of games. Just kind of parachutes in, does the game, and goes right. on to the next. One. And actually, they're doing a lot of games from their studios in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, mm. And uh, I know Olchik is doing uh, a, the majority of his games from his house in Chicago. Um, so, which is sort of like what Mike and Tripp are doing on road games. They're not going. They're not traveling. They're doing it from PNC Arena in the television booth. Uh, but now John will be able to tell a story next year and i don't know how many of seattle's games they're going to do uh if he'll do 75 70 68 80 i don't know what the number is uh but he'll be able to tell the story of seattle's first season in the nhl and that will be uh that will be great uh for the fans of seattle and it's really great for john because it's what he wants to do he wants an anchor team uh and he wanted it to be here didn't work out. Uh, we don't have to get into why, uh, but it will work out in Seattle. Uh, as since LeBlanc, you name dropped the fact that you texted John Forslund. I'm jealous that you get to text with John Forslund. By the way, um, you've got his number. You're capable. Oh, you you know you might be right. Uh, I I texted. I mean, Ron- I realize technology <laughs> isn't your friend, but uh, you know, come I te- on. Now. I texted I, with Francis. I, I, I texted with texted with Ron Francis today, and I said, "Oh, uh, nice! You got the best voice in the NHL." He said, "My first and best free agent signing." No, so, I think he's, I think he's absolutely right with yeah, that. No question about that. All right, we got to get out of here. I appreciate Brian LeBlanc, managing editor, Canes Country. You can follow him on Twitter at BD LeBlanc. Uh, Alec Campbell, my friend, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermission, Hurricanes Radio Network, all of that. I'll see you uh, from noon to three uh, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and many, many, many other days after that. Uh, And uh, I don't know if I'm going to see Brian at the arena on Thursday, but I'll see Alec at the arena on Thursday when the Canes take on uh, Uh, the Lightning. Uh, Well, thank you very much for doing this, Mr. LeBlanc. And Mr. Campbell. My pleasure. uh, I appreciate your time, as always. Uh, And we'll do this again very soon. There will be a morning after podcast after the Canes whip the lightning with an undermanned lineup, right? If they play, if they play. But if they they do play, I'm predicting a Canes win. Billion to one, Canes over the the (laughs) line. I can't wait for that. Look at that. Pulling out the Canes. 
Canes by a billion. Canes a billion. Tampa two. <laughs> the, can- <laughs> All right. On that note, I'm. You know, the funny thing is, I'm the only one who had an alcoholic beverage. Uh, all right, fellas, <laughs> uh, we'll do this Touché. again another time. Peace. All right, that was fun. That was the Canes Corner Podcast, uh, brought to you by our friends at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Roofing, siding, windows, bay windows, bow windows. I can't tell the difference between the two, but if you go to AluminumCompany.com, they can tell you the difference. Uh, So go check them out online. Free estimate, all of that, AluminumCompany.com. Before we get out of here, I always forget to do this. Do yourself a favor. If you like the Canes Corner podcast, subscribe to it. You can give us a rating if you want. Really, all we want you to do is subscribe to it so it shows up automatically in your phone. And then you can make suggestions. What would you like to hear? What would you like to you know see us do? Uh, do you want to be more interactive? I don't care. Just give us a rating, uh, but subscribe to it so it shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast. So until Thursday against the lightning, uh, when we'll have a morning after podcast, I am Adam Gold. Good night. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.